it's really wonderful to be here. What an absolute honor to be able to share what I've been doing for the last couple of years because what I did was, originally when I wanted to do this, I was laughed at and told it was absolutely impossible. And now in the fourth year of doing it, and last year shortlisted by New York festivals as one of the top five world's best radio talk shows was quite a feat because I come from a small country called Namibia, we have a small population um, and we've also had our, our historical pain and there was a lot of a need I felt for conversations that can create for change. So as I said, I'm Kirsty Watermeyer. It's a little bit about me. I have a star well, I started my career in the business and marketing world, and it was a twist of faith that landed me in the media world, but I loved it. I felt like I found this, my space, found my seat and my place in life, and absolutely loved it. And as I said, this was a concept that I, I wanted to, to bring about. I was doing a, a, a television, live television show, and we were talking then about a lot of the problems in our country, but not talking about what the solutions could be. And I felt there was such a gap. There was such a need for us to come together and have conversations around solutions and how we can be part of the change that we want to see. And too often it breaks my heart how people are complaining about what's going wrong, but we have the answers to find those solutions. So as I said, we were nominated by New York Festivals in one of the world's top five best radio talk shows. I also won the Sustainable Development Award last year for pioneering journalism, and that's for my conservation show, which I'll tell you about in a moment. So why? The question why is... This was something we were really passionate about. And as I said, there was something that wasn't being done. And I believe that when we start having conversations, we start to break down the barriers between us. And we start to realize that we're not that different. Our storylines may be different, but our experiences are the same. We've all felt pain. We've all felt rejection. We've also had moments of success. And we've all had a, a time in our life where we had to overcome something. And we've got skills through that process. And it would be wonderful if we could get everybody together and start talking about these things in a way that can create for healing on the African continent. And as I said earlier, Namibia, no different to many countries in Africa, we have a need for healing. And I believe that we are the masters of our own destiny. I also believe that when you're okay, everything around you is okay. And when you're falling apart, everything around you falls apart. So how do we get to a place where we can be okay with ourselves in a way that's going to have a ripple effect into our communities? So where we started was a radio show, and we've had a lot of evolutions that have happened since then. But as I said in the beginning, when I pitched this idea to different media houses, I was laughed at and told that it was not possible, and positive stories have got no place in the market. Maybe the odd positive story, but we can't create a show around positivity that makes no sense, because good news doesn't sell. And I'm here to say that it does. It has become such a movement, the MYD show, that it is, it is incredible to see how it's grown into something so much bigger than, than me, so much bigger than the station. Um, it's something that uh, is proudly Namibian, but I think is also proudly African. So we've become Namibians changing Namibia and Africans impacting Africa. And it, it really boils down to that if something is humanly possible, it's possible for me because I am human. And some of the people that have been on the show, you can see some of the collection of the photos in studio. They're, they're people who, who come from incredible circumstances. They're also matter experts. They're people who are experienced in their field. 
they're everyday people. They're people off the street as well. It's not a collection of one type of voice. It's not also the people that have only become the masters of their destinies. There are sometimes people who are in the process of becoming the master of their destiny. And it's really so much about telling your story because everyone is a matter expert at their personal story. And so I speak to people and ask them to share with me what their story was. And through hearing their story, we're informed and educated and delighted sometimes. One of the guests I had on studio was an ex-convict who was imprisoned for something that he was wrongly accused for. He spent 18 years in jail for a crime he didn't commit. And this man, his name's John Sam, he's an incredible man, he came out of prison and started working in a panel beater. And he wins employee of the month every single month at this panel beater. And he came on the show and shared his experience. And I can't explain to you how much we learnt, myself listening, and everybody else that listened to the show, about forgiveness by listening to John Sam's show. I've also had a man who is a security guard. He never went to school himself, and the only job he could get was as a security guard. And he was so passionate about schooling, especially for young children, that he started, used to work at different hotels and lodges around Namibia. And when foreigners would come and visit, he would say, hi, my name's Albert and I have a dream. Can you help me? And through, basically through hustling, he's got together a, a beautiful kindergarten school. Most of the kids that go to his school are orphans. He subsidizes them with a meal every single day. He's trained up the teachers that teach there. And the fascinating thing was, this is just an everyday man who didn't want his name on the school. He called it the Wisdom Pre-Primary School. So it wasn't as though he wanted himself to be idolized through the school or create a legacy for himself. He just wanted to help. And this is the thing that so often you find just everyday people, just ordinary people, and each one of you are exactly the same in your space that are doing something that is of value. Everyone has a story to tell. And it's become thought leadership across Africa. These are also some of the guests that I've had on the show, and you'll recognize quite a lot of South African faces here. But the aim of the show is to take our African wisdom and share them, to, to be part of that African narrative for positivity. What are we doing right? You know, we heard in one of the presentations that in Africa we, want, we, don't, really want to we don't only want to complain about the problems, we want solutions. But the solutions lie in each and every one of us. And when we start talking about what our solutions are, we start breaking down those walls and we start finding the solution that's going to work. Conversations are powerful. Stories are powerful because they're about conversations and they can ignite the conversation that will create for the solution. So I'm going to play you some clips from the show so you can get a little idea. So you'll see the first one here is the ex-South African public protector, Tuli Madonsela. She's often in the news. She's an incredible woman listed by Forbes as one of the most influential women in Africa. But she very seldom tells her own personal story. And as I said, that's the name of my show. It's about understanding you and how you did it so that I can learn too. We have some sound concerns. Give me one second. You are right that somehow my life focused on how do I improve my fortunes and the fortunes of my family and my people. I think it was mostly really a, a, my life focused more on how do I change society in a positive way. And I would thank my parents and my church for that because I was a Seventh-day Adventist and, and of course the, the, the spirit was always the spirit of forgiveness but also the, 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 the spirit of community service because when you 
focus on serving others, you lose sight of your own pain and your own injustices because the, the people you're looking after become the main focus and your own pain diminishes in the process. Now, say my father was part of the solution because he had grown up in, in a farm in Pumalang when they were not allowed to school, so he never saw the inside of the classroom. But I, he never even spoke about it. I think those are stories I caught from him and my mother when I was now old and asking. His approach was always focusing on how do you improve your own fortunes and two, how do you become of service to humanity. So that was his spirit. He, he always had a car. This is a person who never went to school. He never borrowed money from a bank and he built those in Soweto. You've got the back rooms, there's a garage and two rooms. He built those with his own money. I think he just taught us to focus on that which we can change as opposed to that which harmed us. So you all know Tulima Donsela, but I am not sure if most of you have heard the story about how her father never saw the inside of a classroom. And the rest of that podcast explains how difficult it was for her to get educated because her father didn't believe in edu educating a woman past the point where she could take instruction in English. And it's an incredibly fascinating journey, and this woman is so phenomenal today. And to hear her backstory just gives so much perspective into our own life. I'm going to play you one more clip, and this is from um, a Namibian who is a poet and an activist. His name is Patrick Sam. So there's a lot of acknowledgments that we have to make about ourselves. And I think my biggest acknowledgement, especially experiencing childhood trauma, was how do you rebirth? Yeah. Or like, how do you allow yourself to reconnect with yourself as a person? And then how can you spread that? Exactly. And heal. And heal, and heal. in the process. Yes, because I think there's a lot of information, knowledge out there that people aren't in the right soil. So it becomes difficult. Right. And when you can make those concessions of the elements and the duality of I was committed to assisting a system that destroys the self. Yeah. And I was complicit in that. Yes, exactly. Both me and the environment and the people that I chose into my yeah. life or the places that I've been. It was Patrick Sam. And so the third gentleman on the slide is a man by the name of Barry Holzhausen. And his story is he has started an organization in Namibia called Alzheimer Dementia Namibia. He travels around Namibia and looks for people who are struggling with either Alzheimer's or dementia because we still have a very strong stigma when it comes to mental health in Namibia. And very often people are assumed to be witches if they have dementia or Alzheimer's. Um, his, he tells a story in this clip about a woman that he freed who had been chained to a pole for 20 years by her community. She'd spent 20 years chained to a pole because her community thought that she was a witch when she had dementia. And so he travels around the country and looks to try and inform and educate and create awareness and also free people who have been chained up because of misconceptions. This is now just a little clip, a little introduction. So when we started it as a radio show, and I'll tell you in a moment how we've evolved this show, uh, we used to film every single interview as well just to create a little bit of a video clip to put onto YouTube to go with the show. And here are some of the, the little, little essences from some of the shows. Master Your Destiny on 99FM. At MYD, we believe that with the right tools, you can achieve anything in your life. There's a degree of selfishness that has to come. You are a creation. That moment with my father. And with all the shows and the guests that we've had right here in studio on MYD, we know that that power 
is alive and well in Namibia. The inward chaos responds to the outward chaos. To access what is essentially a different state of mind. Largely in the superficial part of the brain called the cortex. You can catch the MYD show every Wednesday and Thursday night at 6pm. Master your destiny on 99FM. See some of the snippets of the people we've had on show. In addition to the Human Interest Show called the MYD Show, I've also started a show called MYD Earth. It was something that came as a bit of a spin-off. It didn't start at the beginning of the journey with MYD, but I felt that there was a need. I write articles as well for our website that look at health and, health and wellness, arts and culture, and business and career development. And environment was just something that was missing. And also, there's, I feel that scientists do such incredible work, but they often work in silos, and we don't get to hear about what's happening. And sometimes they don't share what's happening. So I chase down the scientists and I ask them what are they doing and provide a conduit between us and the incredible work that's been done in conservation in Africa. And here are some examples. Pangolins are quite special animals. They are virtually unknown, very, very shy, mainly nocturnal uh, in the summer, not in winter. And we're finding out now that it's been declared officially worldwide the most illegally trafficked animal in the world. Shipments are coming through in Vietnam, Hong Kong, all the rest of it, of our African pangolins, the scales. So we suddenly have a problem where we could be facing a very near extinction on an animal we know virtually nothing about. And in today's day and age, that's really amazing statistic. Yeah, absolutely. It is quite a shocking and upsetting statistic because we would assume that the most illegal trafficked animal species is the rhino um, because it's the one we're talking about the most often. And you're saying this is not the case. We actually have a species that is more in danger even than our rhinos. Yeah, IUCN has declared the pangolin the most trafficked animal in the world. The problem with it too is we know, since I said before, we know virtually nothing about it. It's such a shy animal that you can't follow it very well in the bush. It won't do its natural behavior. And I believe if I stand corrected, only three people in the world have ever managed to successfully raise one. Only two people in the world have ever managed to successfully keep one in captivity for a longer amount of time, a baby that they've raised, and we're one of those people. So yeah. there's a woman in Zimbabwe and us in the entire world um, getting all the initial data. So, you know, as researchers, it's fascinating, although a bit scary. And as conservationists, it's terrifying because, you know, we could actually end up with an animal going extinct before we even know what's going on. We're living in a very unequal society, you know, at the moment, according to the last Oxfam report this year, 2017, that was launched at the World Economic Forum, eight billionaires earn more wealth than the bottom half of humanity. Yeah. And in Namibia, we're not an anomaly to that. We're the same. Like, we also have, like, the ten, top 10% 10 earn more wealth than the bottom 90. We can see, just driving around Vintuk, how unequal our society is. And, um, and various other social things that are connected to that. And so what, what we mean by sustainable societies is a society that can carry on, but that is both just and healthy in a way that both our well-being is met, but we're also looking after the environment we live in so that it can look after us. Absolutely. And such important values for us to be looking at in the world that we live in today. If we don't start doing that, we're having these kind of conversations, right. we're not going to have a world to live in. So let's talk now just in terms of well-being economy. For anybody that hasn't heard any of the conversations we've had before on the MYD show about the well-being economy, explain to us a little bit about this passion, passion project that you have been working on here in Namibia. 
Right. I mean, um, very quickly, a background is uh, a few of us got together in 2012. Um, some of them you've probably interviewed here already. At that point, most of us young youth kind of citizens of Namibia. From my personal background, having traveled around Africa doing a lot of consulting work and pushing kind of the economic growth paradigm as a way forward for bringing Africa towards prosperity, I realized that it hasn't really done so in many ways. And in this model, economic growth, endless economic growth, we haven't really asked growth for what. And so we get into this position of ruining conditions that we need to survive, so polluting our waters or our air and whatever, building in areas we probably shouldn't be building in and so forth. But at the same time, we're not really socially improving things. I mean, we have lots of countries in Africa that look great on the GDP growth scale, but you know, people don't have access to basic services like water, electricity and whatever. So the more I was exposed to these kind of realities, the more I thought about these things and I realized other people are thinking about these things too. And there's a huge world movement around this already. So we've just heard there from Maria Diekman, who is studying pangolins, doing incredible work with pangolins in Africa, and Dr. Justine Braby, who's talking about how the well-being economy can be part of our solution when talking climate change because of reviewing how we do business and changing our models. So here's a little bit about the evolution. So we started off in a radio studio. You can see on the picture over here, this is us in the radio studio. And we always used to film it with an idea that I wanted to take this to television as well. I wanted to grow it. I feel that... Um, Radio and television have a wonderful um, complementary factor, and I feel that both can be used as a way to spread our message. And radio is a different type of message where television can fill in some of the gaps. Radio can fill in some of the gaps that television have. So we started off as a radio program. We went to television. We're now on a local television station in Namibia. And also from there, because these stories were just so moving and so incredible and something that hasn't been done before. And all of the stories, I put everything online. So podcasts are available for download. They're on radio, on TV. And we still were feeling like they're such incredibly powerful stories. We want to give them even further legs. And so we took them then from radio to TV to print. And with me here, I have a copy, well, a couple of copies of our second edition of what is called the MYD Journal. And the MYD Journal is an annual collection of the best of the shows. So I transcribe the shows from in-studio interviews, some are written articles that I've done, and this is the best of. And it's been incredible because in Namibia, there was just, we weren't really capturing anything in the sense of who we are as people. And I have a waiting list from libraries there, get so excited every time we've got the new one coming out, because they say when people come and study just our culture, this is a wonderful reference because this is who we are and it's not only Namibians you'll see there are quite a few Africans in here and it's just a beautiful collection of who we are what we stand for and how we as Africans are actually incredibly inspiring Something about where we're speaking to, which is also something I'm proud of, because we're a small country and we're a small population, but yet we're speaking to people, and from our only three years in this, well, this show, we're speaking to people across the globe. We're getting people who are accessing our podcasts in North America and in the rest of Africa. Majority is still in Namibia. We still have a nice footprint in South Africa. We have a nice split between men and women. And um, age, our bulk age category is 25 to 35 years old. 
This I'm going to play you now. So, you know, as I said in the beginning, the why, why did I do it? What was the point? And it was to create this space and this community. And when we had the first journal launch, this now that I've got here with me is the second edition. When I did the first journal launch, we, we invited a bunch of people, a lot of people that were in the first journal and their friends to come and celebrate it with us. And this is a little video that was taken with some of the audience members of what they think and what MYD has been to them. to be featured in um, the MYD journal um, so I didn't really know what to expect tonight but it's been such an amazing surprise and like I said I'm so honored to be part of the journal because what well, is quite an incredible collection of people I'm one of the people featured in the journal uh, I was interviewed about the mark that I made in performance poetry in Namibia and how I've helped it grow and help build the stage for others to do the same I'm a contributor. I wrote some of the articles. I've got, I think, three articles in the MYD book. It's a great concept. I think um, it's something that we can hold on to, read, show our kids, show our families what it is that we're doing. Um, yeah, so I think it's, 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 it's brilliant. I think it's pretty awesome. I think it's a very great initiative that they started. I think it's good that people see amazing stories of their own people and I think it's very inspirational when you see these things happen and you can see that it is possible for you to do something great and to spread your wings and fly. I think 99FM is doing great job that uh, this project is very nice so most of us we come together and then the way we buy will know each other yeah, through this project. I think it's awesome. I think it's amazing because it is so positive. It's just positivity. It's how people overcome um, problems and how they overcome challenges. It's inspiring and it's just goodness in every corner. It's awesome. I think it's one of my favorite Namibian things. Um, it's something that I've been a fan of and been following for quite some time now. and. I just think Kirsty. I, I think I just have to spend a moment talking about Kirsty. I think she's quite a stunningly remarkable person, and you know, I just yeah. I think MYD is fantastic, and I think it's so important that we celebrate Namibian stories and Namibian triumphs and the good things that happen in Namibia. Um, because I think sometimes we have a little bit of a Cinderella complex. We think we're not as great as other places. But, wow, we really are. 
So that video gives me all the feels because that was exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to start conversations that let people know that you are powerful and you are important and your story and your journey matters. And collectively, we create this voice for change because we start looking at what's going right. Even the difficulties, there was a learning in that difficulty. So what was, what was your take home? How did you overcome your challenge? And how can I use that to apply it in my life? And But first of all, before I can get to a place of overcoming my difficulty, I need to believe in myself. I need to know that I matter, my voice matters, I am important because I'm part of this collective community. And and that's what it's become. And it's it's so, it just gives me, as I said, all the feels because it's just incredible that it's become a movement where people, I have a waiting list. I have people climbing over themselves to get on the show because they want to share. They want to be part of this conversation. They want to be contributing to solutions as opposed to discussing problems, which is something I think as human beings we're pretty addicted to. We're pretty addicted to complaining and talking about what's going wrong, and yet the solution lies in you. And so it's really been such an honor and a privilege for me. And some of the feedback, as you said, well, as you just see now, there's been some great feedback from people who have said that this has really mattered to them. This has been important. This has changed their life because they now feel that they have a space. And they have realized that each and every one of us are actually the masters of our own destiny. And you have the power to overcome whatever it is that you're dealing with in your life. You might not have all the tools, but the tools are readily available. And they don't necessarily come in a toolkit. Sometimes they just come in a conversation or in hearing somebody else's difficulty that could give you perspective for your own life. And this is one of my favorites from Tulishi Tuetu. MYD is ahead of its time, but it has come at the perfect time. And as I said in the beginning, I was laughed at with this concept. I was told it would never work. And it's grown to something so much bigger than me. Um, it is it's evident that we need spaces where we can talk about ourselves, our goodness, what we've overcome and how we can do it together. And the ripple effect or the result of that is the change that we want to see in the world. So thank you very much for allowing me the opportunity to come and share what I did in Namibia. Um, it's, it's been really an honor to be in your company. I hope that something out of it inspired you, even if it's just to recognize how valuable and important you are because you matter and your story is powerful and your story can also change lives even if you're not a matter expert yet just who you are can have an incredible impact on someone's life so thank you very much we have a nice amount of time for questions anybody have any uh, please could you just come and speak into the mic for any questions just for podcasting purposes I'm, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea come join me <laughs> Hi, Kesti. My name is Beauty. I work for a community station in Kasama, northern part of Zambia. And I'm impressed with what you are doing, and I'm inspired. So I want to learn something uh, from you. Um, what are some of the steps you took to reach where you are? I know many of the times we would want to be the best but because of the people around us, they always tell us, you are not going anywhere, you can't do this, and you never achieve your dream. So after hearing, after listening to your uh, story, 
I got inspired and I want to learn something from you. So what are some of the steps you took to reach where you are? And if you can share with us some of the challenges you went through and how you overcame them. Thank you. I'd love to, Beauty. Thank you for your question. So there was a lot of challenges. Um, I would say the first place that I started was I first understood what I wanted to do. Because when I understood what I wanted to do, it didn't matter. There were many detractors. There were many people who said it's completely impossible. There was also a lot of people that try to break the whole concept down. Uh, social media can be wonderful, but it can also be terrible. And I just carried on with my mission. I understood what my goal was and what it is that I wanted to achieve, and I didn't listen to the detractors. So I would say that that's the first port of call. To create something that hasn't been done before also requires a lot of hard work. It's been many late nights and weekend work and all that kind of etc. etc. But with the understanding of why I wanted to do and having my eye on the prize in a sense, you know, knowing what the goal was, it made it easier to do that. And every little win became something that was, it was, it grew, you know, and gave you that sense of it's okay because I had this success, you know, and success really in the success of a good show. And when you hear people's stories, and, and I do this for the love of wanting to be part of the solution, and when you hear, when you're in studio with someone and they're sharing their difficulty or who they are and why they are, and it matters to them, it gives you such incredible feeling that all of those negative voices don't matter anymore. So again, it's focusing on what the goal is and then letting yourself be fed by the good stuff, by the reason that you're doing it. In that video that I showed a little while ago, Albert Ndara was in that video. Um, he's the security guard. There's so many stories like Albert's. There are people who I interviewed because I found their story really interesting. Like, for example, a hot air balloon pilot. What is it like to be a hot air balloon pilot? Is there such a thing? And it really is a very structured industry. But this man had just started his own business when I interviewed him. And he came to me a few years later and said that it was because he was interviewed that he carried on fighting for his business, because his business took a serious knock in the beginning. But he knew that he's put his name out there, so he has to make it work. And his hot air balloon company is extremely successful right now in Namibia. And those are the things that I let feed me. I didn't let the detractors feed me. When you understand what it is that you want to do, it just makes it that much easier. And also, yeah, decide where it is that you want to take your feed from, where you want to be fed by, or who you want to be fed by. And the people that I interview and the reason, they're the reason I do it. They, they keep me going. But there will be, starting anything new, there will be a lot of difficulty. But also it comes back to we are the master of our own destinies. You do have the power inside of you to keep going. You just have to find it and connect with it. Cool. I'll take a photo while I'm at now. Eleanor Mannion from RT. I just want to talk to you about your interview technique and how you get people to open up and develop that intimacy and that closeness, that relationship between interviewer and interviewee and gain their confidence and their trust because it's quite personal what you ask them. Yeah. It's a good question, Eleanor, because it is probably the trickiest part. It all comes down to, you know, to, you can have this wonderful idea and want to put something great out there, but the magic has to happen. You have to be able to record the magic. And so you need to have sort of worked that relationship in a way that can create for this comfortable rapport so that the magic can come out in studio. And I do, I treat every guest that I have interviewed as a friend because they become a friend. You know, they have this uh, saying in editorial, um, to cut your darlings. This is what I face every time we comes to the new edition of the MYD journal is I want everyone in the journal because they're all my darlings and I love each and every one of them because I've heard their story and I've heard who they are and it's difficult
difficult not to fall in love with someone when you hear their story. It's also difficult not to become passionate when somebody else is passionate about something. Like Maria Diekmann, I'm sure everybody's now like, wow, pangolins, because you feel her passion. So what I do is I create a relationship, um, I have conversations, and I don't do it in the sense of an interviewer, an interviewee, it's a friend. And it often means quite a lot of conversations that happen before we get to on air. You know, even to find the guests, there's a lot of spade work, a lot of work that has to be done to go and find those perfect guests. But in the process, also, you start a relationship with um, your guest. I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever walk into studio with someone who I haven't had at least a cup of coffee with. And it has happened before where there's an incredible person coming through Namibia and course you want to get the interview but I will first offer them a cup of coffee when they come to studio and I'll sit down with them and I will chat to them not about what we're about to talk about in studio I might give them a bit of a backstory about what the show is about just to give them context but then I'll talk to them about their day and their and the weather and their favorite color and their pets or their kids or we start becoming friends and I still am friends with most of the people I interview I send text messages and whatsapp WhatsApps with them all the time about what's happening and how they are doing. And that's people across the globe. I'm often getting emails from guests that I've had in studio because we've become friends. Any more questions? No, that's it. Okay, well, feel free to continue the conversation online. Here are our social handles. Questions, comments, anything you'd like to post. That's awesome. Thank you, Kirsty. That's amazing. I will break for lunch now for the next hour. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>